Hey there folks, Alex Lokes here, Classic Camera Revival, and today we are continuing to dive into the Nikon system with a little little series of cameras that you may or may not know, I'm not sure, I, I really don't know how popular they are today, but they are what we are calling the little Fs, or the ones that weren't really aimed at professionals, but were still built to the same professional quality that we know and love from Nikon. So we're going to be covering today a huge swath of history, starting with the FM, the FE, the FM2, the FM2N, and the FE2. So let's roll the intro and get going. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. All right, so because I love history and history is built on nothing but context, um, let's set the uh, stage here. So Nikon had had a wonderful run with the Nikkermat line of cameras. Absolutely beautiful. Um, mechanical, there was some electronic ones in there as well. But there was one problem with them. They were big. These were beefy cameras. And the world was moving on, thanks to a little company out of Japan called Olympus. And with the release of the OM-1, it changed the name of the game that you could put a high-quality professional camera on the market that wasn't massive. So Nikon decided that they needed to get into this game. So they basically took and updated two of their Nikkermat cameras, the EL2 and the FT3, and transformed it into two wonderful cameras. And the very first one was the Nikon FM. And Jess, you just got quite recently a Nikon FM. So as a brand new user, what has your experience with the camera been? Uh, well, so thank you very much, first of all, Alex, for having given me this camera. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know if I would actually have one. Um, I gotta say, it's a really fun little camera to have. Uh, it's funny that you started off by talking a, a little bit about the competition between Nikon and Olympus, because the OM-1 is a camera that I've had for quite a while, and I'm really used to using and I'm comfortable with. Um, and I find that the Nikon FM isn't actually much bigger than the OM-1. It's maybe a little heavier though. Um, there's a little bit more heft to it. You know, I wouldn't be afraid to like swing it around if I and hit someone with it, if I had to use it as a weapon for something. Um, but hopefully no one is actually using their cameras as weapons here. <laughs> They're more fun to use for photography purposes. Um, but I do really actually enjoy the camera. I find it's funny though, Sorry, something just fell. <laughs> uh, I find what's funny about them, though, is that they almost seem to be the opposite of OM. Like, the way that the dials work, the way the focusing even on the lenses, everything seems to work in the opposite way. So I find that a lot of times I'll go to focus and I'm like, oh, wait, why am I out of focus? I'm like, oh, I turned the lens the wrong way. Uh, so there's just a little bit of getting used to in that aspect. But I mean, for metering, it's really easy to use. It's just that um, like the plus minus LED lights uh, instead of like the match needle or whatever 
metering system, whatever. What are they called? Is it match needle or match needle? Oh, it is. Okay. Match needle. Yeah. Um, and the other difference too, is that, uh, the shutter speed is on a dial on top of the camera. Whereas on the OM one, the shutter speed and the aperture rings are both where the lens, like the shutter speeds are where you mount the lens. And then the apertures are on the lens itself. Um, so that's also another difference. And I find that this camera is a lot easier. I don't want to say easier to use, but different again from my beloved F1 as well from Canon, uh, which is much bigger, much bulkier, much heavier, uh, a wonderful camera as well. But I don't see why an FM can't fit in really well with someone's collection. It's such a fun little camera to use. Um, yeah, it's been great so far. Have you found that 35 millimeter lens yet? No, not yet. I, I'm i still keeping an eye out for it. Actually, I do plan on clearing out some of my other camera stuff that I don't use anymore, hoping to find it some good homes, and then maybe I can turn that into lens money. <laughs> nice. Well, I recommend mm. trying to get find the uh, late model AIS um, 35F 2.8. A lot of people don't like that one because it has a lower... Um, element group count compared okay. to the um, the F2 or earlier model ones. So they say it's not as good. I honestly can't tell the difference, but they're, it means they're a little bit cheaper. On the oh, that's awesome. With the 2.8. Yeah. 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 I was actually going to ask you at some point uh, which lenses I should be looking for if I want to add a few to, to this arsenal. So <laughs> there you go. There's plenty of good affordable glass out there. Oh, for sure. Now, Bill, the FM, can you flip up the um, follower and mount pre-AI glass on it? Yes, can you can. Yeah. Yes, the FM and FE had the, um, the little AI um, it was a, prong yeah, or, tab. or tab can be uh, uh, retracted so you can uh, mount pre-AI Nikkor glass and shoot it stop down. Both the right, FM and the, the FE, yeah, and, that, and to complicate things further, the FM and FE are the only uh, cameras within that family that offer that feature. The later FM2 and FE2 do not. And when you mm. see something like a listing where I see a pre-AI Nikkor lens on an FM2 or an FE2, I just cringe. Because you broke them out. Got that right. <laughs> now, Bill, you're also a big fan of the FM. Oh, I've got, well, I, the whole FM family. The FM is like, uh, as you pointed out, it was the direct replacement of the Nickermat FT3. Uh, and again, it was influenced by and large by the, the small size of the Olympus OM series. And uh, the FM and later FM2, they sort of Nikon hit that form factor just right, if that makes any sense. And um, yeah, there's not much you can really say about it. It's like the metering is a sort of a, a three LED taken from the Nikon F2 AS and SB models. Uh, the metering is also with a pair, I think, of silicon sensors, blue silicon yeah, sensors. Use, yeah, they use uh, silicon blue. 
So yeah, better so than the, the uh, CDS cells in the OM1. Oh yeah, it's like you're you're going up a little bit further. Uh, the food, the value chain, quote unquote. Uh, they're simple, robust cameras. Now I have also equal affection for the FE, which was introduced at the same time. And oh boy, did Nikon really? They, I love that camera. Oh man, um, um, I actually kept my FE over an FM. And oh wow! A lot of people would probably go like, "Wait, what? Why would you do that?" I I like some level of automation in my photography. It's not that yeah. I can't do manual metering. I mean, I love the FT2. It's truly the ultimate Nikkermat camera. Um, but but yeah, the FE is really the FE, and we'll talk about it later. The FE two really are are hands down my favorite, mm-hmm. um, because again, you have a match needle <sighs> metering system in it. You have aperture priority, which is basically what my brain thinks in when it comes to photography mm-hmm. and small size. Well, yeah, it's just about right, and. Uh... The other thing I love about the FE is you have a battery check on it. Yes. And I think that's one thing they didn't do with the FE2 that kind of sort of like, you just want to ask Nikon guys, what were you, what were you pondering? Were you pondering? <laughs> no, you weren't pondering. And uh, yeah, so, but, you know, we'll get to the FE2 in a wee bit. The FE is, again, uh, for those who, you know, was sort of the replacement for the uh, the Nikon EL2, which was basically a Nikkermat EL, but they call it the EL2, uh, the Nikon EL2. And they, that camera only lasted a couple of months. And the FE improved on it because he only needed like energ- a pair of Energizer 357 batteries, whereas the old Nikkermat ELs, which if you look through it, it's got the same style meter as meter readout as the fe which they, it kept there but it required the 4sr44 battery that you'd see in the canon a series and new f1 which isn't quite as plentiful yeah you can get 357s at a grocery store at a drugstore even at a drugstore like i generally grab a couple uh when i wind up at like say shoppers drug mart or something uh of course, the only downside is between them, the FM will work without a battery. The battery only runs the meter. Yeah. Yes. And again, with the FE, it runs, uh, I believe the flash sync speed is also the, me- the single mechanical speed, 1 yeah. 125th. Yes. Yeah. Which, is, Which isn't bad. It's still handy. You could, you could still do pseudo sunny 16 with that. You just yeah. adjust your aperture up and down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But one interesting thing is that, well, everyone wants to repair the FMs. A lot of people, when they get an FE, you can do something really interesting with that. And if you have watched some of Jess's YouTube videos, you know where this is going. And it is truly a Franken camera, or rather, it's called the press pan. And this is a thing of beauty. And even though it's kind of a Frankenstein Let's just call it a zombie FE. 
this thing's a hunking beast. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so first of all, what I would like to say, though, uh, because I do get a lot of comments about this on that video, like the press pen videos are extremely popular on my channel. So thank you to everyone who does watch them. Uh, but one comment that I get a lot is talking about how we shouldn't be ripping apart cameras. Uh, and while I fully 100% agree with that, I would never, ever take a working camera and turn it into something else. Uh, or, you know, especially, God forbid, a light bulb or something <laughs> like a lamp. No way. Um, but this FE was broken. It was beyond repair. There was nothing that could have been done. It would have become a shelf queen. So instead, I actually got to give it a second life and make it into another working camera. Uh, so while it has the shell of the FE, I don't think there's much left to it otherwise. Um, I've got the film advance lever. Uh, I've got the winding system. Um, and that's about it. <laughs> the rest is uh, all powered through the Mamiya lens that I have on it. Uh, which one did I choose again? I think it was the 65. No, it was the 50 millimeter. Ooh, um, nice. And the gate was machined out to make it into pano size. Um, I don't remember what the size is right now. I think it's 24 by, I want to say 68 or 69. Oh, so nice. it's pretty, it's pretty wide. I know it's a little bit bigger than uh, the X-Pan, but not, okay. not, not by much, but by a little bit. So I get a little extra space. Um, and I mean, it looks nothing like an FE at this point, but it is just gorgeous. And mine got to be an all black model. I don't know if they came in Chrome as well. The, the, the FE? FEs. Yeah. You could get them in, uh, Chrome and they were Chrome. Black. Okay. Well, mine was all black. So that I actually really liked because the rest of the camera, like all the 3d printed parts to hold the lens and all that are mm. all in black. So I have this weird sleek franken camera now <laughs> that yeah. people definitely look at when i take this out on the street yeah i it's funny i've had i've i've had only i've had two fms and two fe's and the chrome ones are the ones that still that worked the all black ones have always died on me oh that's interesting maybe there's something with the all black ones then i've never yeah. had issues with the f Ease. And yet people say like black cameras work. take better pictures. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, it's like I, I, I got my my black FM. The meter has died again, oh. which leave which leads me to wonder if there's a battery drain issue. Mm. And my Chrome FM is a problem child. Oh, I bought it at a camera show about seven, eight years ago, and I should have paid a little more closer attention to the shutter. Oh, yeah. Shame, because otherwise it's a great camera. I, I am planning to get it overhauled at some point. Well, I mean, as long as they're fixable, it's absolutely worth getting them overhauled. You know, like I when I first got into film photography again and I was at the point of buying cameras I didn't really understand the importance of actually getting them CLA'd actually getting them looked at and worked on if they needed it 
you know, at the time I was like, well, I paid, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks for this camera. So why would I spend like 250 or 300 to get it like cleaned up and everything? But over time, I have gained a little maturity, uh, grown up a little. And I, I now I understand that, yes, you absolutely should put the money in because those are cameras that will last for years and years if you keep them running. Well, what what was really interesting was then Nikon embarked on this effort to bump up shutter speeds. So I believe the first two used the Copal Square shutter. Um, I know the EL2 used it, but I wasn't sure about the FE or FM. Did they use a Copal Square? Yes. Yes. They used a vertical Copal shutter. Um, now this is getting into the history of it in 19, because again, like Nikon updated its pro body to the F3 in fall of 1980, 1981, mm-hmm. when that sort of appeared onto the scene. And again, a few short years later, it's like, uh, which is 82, 83. Uh, they brought like their shutter the- manufacturer back in house. Exactly. So what they did, because they wanted to go to a really fast shutter speed, one four hundredth of a second. And four it's thousands. like one four thousandth. Sorry, I am a little like. Uh, so yeah, they, they decided to do that. And they also started working on a matrix metering system. And oddly enough, the matrix metering system was, in fact, destined for inclusion in the FE2. But it wasn't quite ready. So... Spoiler alert, stay tuned for later this month, and we'll get into the camera that that went into. But ultimately, both the FM2 and the FE2 ended up with this super fast one four thousandths of a second shutter. Now, what was really interesting was the original version of the FM had a one two hundredth of a second flash sync speed. It did not last long, and they went up to a one two fiftieth. And that ended up in the FM2N. Now, I've never used an FM2. I've used the FM2N. Beautiful camera. Wish I had never gotten rid of it. Because... Oh, the FM2. I've owned one uh, in the past. The FM2. Like, so, a bit more deep history. Uh, Nikon uh, in the FM2 and the FE2 had sort of vertical the vertical titanium shutters so of course you know first season it was one two hundredth of a second but then next model year 1984 uh they upped it to two on two fiftieth called the fm2n and so they made it for just a few more years with the titanium shutter so 1987 when nikon did a massive call of their they sort of rationalized their camera catalogs. So they got rid of the FA, they got rid of the FE2, and then they, they switched the uh, shutter out of the FM2N to an aluminum from titanium. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people will like split hairs with, hey, uh, one's better than the other. But the reality is, and it's quite simple, um, you know, the aluminum shutter is just fine. And they they made that right to, they kept the thought right to the end of production in 2001. Yes. So yeah, the FE2 did not have a very long life. 
compared to other Nikon cameras. It it only lasted until 1987, but at, but they had made so many of them, they were still available for sale all the way to all the way to almost 2001. Oh yeah, the FM2, yeah, they made those forever. The FE2, they only they only made for a few short years and then they replaced with uh, their first autofocus cameras. Yeah. But and it was like they just had this new yeah. Oh, yeah. For new, you could probably buy an FE2 new in box for probably a good five years later. And they'll want it. Yeah, I got one on the shelf for you if you want it. But I think the way Nikon saw a slide is like, okay, we released the F4 as our new pro body in 87. So they figured, okay, at the same time, we're going to do it at that with the prosumer market too, but we'll keep the FM2N as the mechanical backup for everything. And Surprise, surprise, you know, the F4 had a relatively short lifespan in terms of pro bodies. But like the F3, the FM2 had a two decade span in the Nikon catalog. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that tells you something about longevity. Um, Well, I mean, Nikon cameras were built to last. Oh, exactly. You know, like you can even go back to the Nikon F. And like that was a camera that was also built to last for a really long time. So, you know, that's what's so great about being able to have all of these cameras now is that they do still Mm. work, you know, and you can generally find people who can work on them as well, uh, which Mm -hmm. is also really great. And there's still lots of parts around. Yes, exactly. And I mean, yes, they have gone up in price because they had gotten really popular. A lot of people wanted Nikon. Some, For some people, it was the name, and for other people, it was the actual quality of the cameras. But even then, you can still find some totally reasonably priced cameras today. Absolutely, especially if you, if you have the lenses already, you don't have to buy a camera mm-hmm. with a lens. No. Um, the one thing I really liked about the FM2 and FM2N was that instead of having just three LED dots, they actually had illuminated symbols. So the plus symbol was illuminated, mm. the center circle was illuminated, and the minus was illuminated. So even in low light, you could tell which was which quite, quite easily. And I'm really surprised that they didn't include something similar with the FE2. They kept that same match needle system in that one. But it did have one of the brightest viewfinder screens that I've ever seen. And I always thought that was a joke that I heard on the FPP. I think it was Dan Domi who was mentioning it. And then I actually have an FE and an FE2, and I'm like, wow, it is it is noticeably different in brightness. But again, they kept that match needle. <laughs> Which is great, but not in low light situations. Like I, I, that's the metering system that the Canon F1 uses. And I've been in some really dark situations where I can't see crap all. So I'm like, okay, cool. 1.4 on my lens and 160th of a second. We'll see what we get. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm in that low light situation, I have my F5 with me. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's the other thing I find. Um, of the two, the FM2, and again, you could say the same for the FM, but my case, it's like I own three FM2Ns, uh, a black chrome and a titanium, which is that's the other thing. Nikon did some special editions. Uh, the titanium, you are paying a premium. You're about seven, 800 bucks compared to 
500 for what you're paying for an FM2. Then there's the Year of the Dragon. Those are cool. <laughs> those are cool if you can find one. Yes, exactly. It's funny, and, though, because uh, the FM2 is a camera that I've always had my eye on. Uh, one of my favorite photographers, Mary Ellen Mark, uh, that was what she used for a lot of her more photo documentary type projects uh, with the 35 millimeter lens. And so that was just always such a cool camera. I always wanted a chrome mm -hmm. one just like hers. But I mean, if I found Year of the Dragon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Looks nice. Even just the titanium, even just the titanium. Yeah, it's true. Like again, it's like one of the, unlike Alex said, if you've got like a, a, a collection of AI and AIS lenses, and I have to say that because the early, early pre-AI glass will not work on your FE2 and FM2. And if you try, there will end in tears and regret. Mm. And not to mention the camera repair tech will make fun of you behind your back as you leave the store as he fixes it because he knows he's it's a three hundred dollar a two hundred dollar job. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like he's got to take it apart. Well, there so, is one pre AI lens that I can use on on my camera, and that's an old that's an original original PC Nikkor. 35 f 2.8 that mounts without difficulty on my uh see that's the only part that i i have to admit i do find a little confusing with nikon compared to other companies is just their their generations of lenses like i mean oh. canon kind of has that too because there's like the fd lenses the fl lenses and all that but i don't know i find I find Nikon had like a special brand of just slightly more complicated. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and again, it's sort of like, even when you're starting to look at uh, stuff like uh, into autofocus, then you've got, you know, you've got the uh, AF, AFD, and then you've got the G glass, which does yeah, away with even, the aperture ring. Even the AF, there were two generations of it. There was the first generation AF and the second generation AF. Of course. Exactly. Because they were the Nikon, why AFDs not? AFDs are actually the third generation. Oof. And the second generation looks like the AFD, but it just lacks the D at the end of the aperture. Oh, boy. And then you have the AFS, and even now you have the AFE, which finally gets rid of a mechanical linkage for uh, aperture control is done through electronic signals. Oh, wow. Oh, I know. But again, it's... That's a lot to remember. You got that right. <laughs> and technically, technically, all the AF, so the two, the first, second, and D-type AF lenses are still AIS lenses as well. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. You get used to it after a while. I, I kind of sure. got turned ass backwards when I seriously got into Nikon. And it's, again, it's it, you, you figure it out and then it becomes second nature. But still, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it gets messy. And, you know, their hearts are in the right place. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, still, they were you, facing a lot of competition, you know. Oh, yeah. And again, like, they... And it's interesting because Nikon stayed with that F mount, whereas other brands, when they went to autofocus, I think 
I think Pentax is the only one who. Uh... Yeah, the K mount basically did the same thing that the F mount did. Yeah. Just adapted and adjusted through the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So getting back to the FM2, um, I guess the going market rate is about 500 Canadian, give or take. Wow. For a, for a very clean, very pretty looking example. Mm. But if you're patient, you could probably find something on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, I haven't found an FM2 on Marketplace in a long time. I think the last one I found too was, uh, I think it was an all black model. And I've actually been looking for the Chrome one. That's the one I'm trying to find. And I just haven't found a good example of one yet. Well, it's okay. Yeah. I have, I have a few other cameras that I can use in the meantime. So it's not like I'm lacking for an SLR or anything. But, you know, if the right one falls in my lap one day, I can't say that I won't <laughs> snap one up. But even on that's it, even on marketplace, it's Nikon's pretty rare, actually. Like maybe in camera shops in Montreal, maybe it's also just my area. You know, I don't know if they're more plentiful elsewhere, but I do know that here I've definitely struggled unless it's maybe they're just snapped up right away. I don't know. But uh, there's a lot more more Canon and Minolta here. Yeah. Yeah, FE2s are actually fairly affordable. These days, you can definitely find ones under $200. Nice. Most are going for about $200, 220 Not bad. So it's definitely a way to get into um, mm-hmm. this particular ecosystem. Um, I would recommend the FE2 over the FE. Um, just it's a little newer, um, faster shutter speed, better better metering cells, and of course, the bright screen. Bright screens are good to have. Mm. <laughs> well, that's the other thing with the FM2 and FE2. They did have interchangeable screens. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, no. they only had... I've There's a difference there. <laughs> mine. I've replaced mine. It is, it is doable. You need a special little tool to do it. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not quite at the point of doing camera repairs myself. I tend to break things instead of <laughs> doing the anything most, good. The so. camera repair I ever did was put light seals in um, Hasselblad film backs. Oh, yeah. I had to do that with my Mamiya. Yeah. My RB67. Too, and never again. No. They're, they're quite messy. Well, yeah, and again, it's like something I wouldn't recommend for someone who's, you know, uh, got shaky hands. I really, like I said, I really wouldn't. It could turn out real bad real fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that about covers it. Um, again, the, yeah, uh, pretty these, much. These are really great cameras. Um, well worth your time if you're looking for something to use your manual focus um Nikkor lenses on um especially if you don't want to lug around like an f or an f2 um small compact easily fits in the bag which means you have lots of room for added lenses and lots of film so until mm-hmm. next time my name's alex lokes shoot what you love with what you love on what you love don't give in to the hype <laughs> this is bill seth from the classic camera revival research carefully and invest in quality 
This is Jess Hobbs, and I just want to tell everyone to grab whatever camera they love shooting with and get out there and take lots of great photos and share them. <laughs>